I'm going downhill. Yeah. And I'm like looking at Tyler and he's still in the middle laughing at me. <laughs> like, dude, that sucked. And I'm yeah. just like, man, I'm, I feel die. like I'm dying right now. Right. Welcome to Big Fish Stories, the podcast dedicated to telling the real outdoor stories of adventure, hunting, and fishing. For the outdoors men and women who get lost in the stories around the campfire, this is the place for you. My name is Tyler Hendricks, located in the great state of Idaho, and today I have one of my best friends, Mr. Jake Christiansen, on the podcast today to talk about all things hunting, probably not fishing because he's not that good at it, and the outdoors. Jake, how's it going? It's going good. How about you? Doing pretty good. <laughs> Let's start off talking about how you got in originally to the outdoors, and also I want a precursor. This is Jake Christiansen. We originally had Josh Christiansen on before, who told some really embarrassing stories about Jake. So Jake's on to get back at him a little bit. But first... I got some stories about you too. Now nah, we're just going to edit those <laughs> out. <laughs> first, we're going to talk about how you got into the outdoors, why you live in this area, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Basically, I'll start it off with my grandpa, my dad... Um, then having an older brother, you know, if I wanted to not stay home with my mom, I had to go with them mm -hmm. and I was small, I was young. It's like, I'll do it. What age do you, did you start? Well, Josh's numbers were a little off, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first time I spent most of the day in my dad's backpack, mm -hmm. freezing, miserable. I knew if I complained, I wasn't going to get to go again. Right. So I just hung out in his backpack all day. Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad did not complain once. Well, maybe once, but he was just like, you think you could walk a little bit? No, <laughs> I can't. Sagebrush is three feet tall and I'm two foot tall. Right, right. Can't see anything. I can right. see everything from up here. Um, that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, being the younger brother, I was watching my dad and my brother shoot deer every year and I'm just like chomping at the bit. Mm -hmm. like, okay, next year's my year. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's a story about that one buck in Unit 44 where... Mm -hmm. I shot it. Yep. Josh killed it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, he stole your buck. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I did shoot a hole in my backpack, yep. but I was young. Mm -hmm. And basically I, I couldn't hit a deer. I was a horrible shot. My dad and my brother were both phenomenal shots. First, let's recap that story a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Josh, Josh told a story about Jake when he shot at a deer his rifle barrel went into the backpack and he was looking over it through his scope, not realizing his barrel was in the backpack. And he shot through it how many times? Once, twice, something like that. <laughs> I blew a big hole in it once. What, what was your thought when you originally uh, realized what had just happened? Well, we'll back up a little bit more. I was not the only one shooting at that deer. Okay. Me, my dad, and my brother were all throwing lead at this thing. <laughs> Like it was not just one person. Right. I think I took first initial shot, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I recoiled back barrel went into, it had a metal, I think it was carbon fiber or metal frame, mm -hmm. you know, that went up to the shoulder straps and that's what I hit. And that's why it blew up, mm -hmm. but it blew everything up. Right. And, you know, somebody hit the deer in the foot 
don't know who it was. <laughs> they said, oh, it's because you shot your backpack. That's why you hit it in the right, foot. Right, right. But everyone was shooting. Everybody was shooting. So It's n- funny how there's always different perspectives <laughs> right. in these stories. I probably did hit it in the foot. Right. I don't know. I right. was ten. I was 11 years old. That was my second deer yeah. um, that I would have killed. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, went to, you know, the deer went over the ridge. I went to throw on my pack and just dumped everything mm-hmm. all over the ground. And they started laughing mm-hmm. and I was just like, so <laughs> defeated. Right. My dad looked at me just like, bro, <laughs> what, what did you do? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, Sorry, dad. It's a good, uh, it's a good learning experience in general because I remember, um, like it, it's a good learning experience in general, especially at a young age about barrel placement when you're shooting, because when you're shooting at targets, it's not really a problem. Usually you're usually sitting on a, you're usually sitting on a bench or mm-hmm. you're leaning up, you know, on the hood of your truck. Um, you can usually see that the barrel is not in the dirt or <laughs> in your backpack. But I remember, um, I was with a buddy and it's actually that, uh, big deer, uh, the big deer that I have, the biggest deer that I've shot, um, I went to shoot it and I remember my buddy right when I was about to pull the trigger taps my shoulder and he goes, look at your barrel. (laughs) And literally my barrel was like in the dirt and I didn't even see, and I was getting ready to pull the trigger on this thing. Um, and I have had experiences where I've shot the dirt while I was trying to aim at a deer and I couldn't figure out what was going on, but dirt's (laughs) flying everywhere. And it took me five minutes afterwards to realize what the heck just happened. I just shot the dirt. Yeah. (laughs) So slipping it into your backpack is a great expensive learning experience. I've tried to replay that like at home when Mm -hmm. nobody's watching. Like, how, how did I do that? Mm -hmm. Even like a year ago, I'm like, okay, I'm going to set this up. (laughs) I couldn't replay the situation. Right. I know. I mean, everything was working against me. Right. Um, Just for stories like this. Yeah. I shot my backpack in half. (laughs) Simple as that. Yeah. Um, So you'd shot a deer before this one, right? Yeah. So my first. My first deer, I was 10. I had my grandpa's old 30 out six Springfield mm-hmm. military issued gun mm-hmm. and found some deer. My dad and brother went like out and around. I went straight up. My dad said, if you see one, you want to shoot, make sure, you know, went through all the basics, shoot it behind the shoulder. Right. If it drops, make sure you know where it is. Mm-hmm. I walked up there, deer jumped up. I shot from the hip, <laughs> dropped it, had no idea what happened. My dad and brother walk over and they're like, did you get one? Yep. Yeah. Where's it at? I don't know. <laughs> that was the whole thing. So yep. it took three of us about an hour and a half to find it. And they're uh-huh. just like, are you sure you hit one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. I'm just sitting there 10 years old shaking. Like, right. He's like, where'd you aim? I didn't. <laughs> he just like looked at me and he's like, dude, like, yep. come on. Right. Like, I, I don't even remember pulling the trigger, dad. Right. It went bang and it dropped. Yep. So we finally found it. And for those of you who don't know, Jake's Jake and Josh's dad is very thorough about teaching people how to do the right thing. Ethics. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on ethics. But and that's why it would be surprising to him of like, how could you how could you do this when I've taught you so I've ta- I mean, he probably went through hours and hours of education with you on where to shoot the deer, how to shoot it, how to breathe, all of that. And you're shooting it from the hip. Yep. I've never seen my dad miss one. 
right? And like 30-30 lever action, deer running down the mountain, shoots it in the back of the head. <laughs> it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, and we all try that. We try to be that cool, but right. can't. No, I can't even see it. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, that that happened and my brother gutted most of that one because I was 10. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, he was there this <laughs> time. He stayed there. <laughs> so they did show me how to, yeah. but he did most of it. So I didn't really get the full effect until the year after that. Right. Um, Famous butthole story. Yep. That one <laughs> scarred me for sure. <laughs> and I didn't think it was going to end up on a podcast. So yeah. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> he joked uh, with, I don't know if it made it in the podcast, but he told me later that his punishment for, um, and you can correct him if he's wrong, uh, your his punishment. He has cleaned for, every butthole yeah. since then. <laughs> yeah, his punishment is he has to clean every deer's butthole for the rest of his life. I have not. That you shoot. I have not drug a deer out in about nine years. Mm-hmm. I've packed every one of them out. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing I'll leave attached to the deer. <laughs> and it's it's not that I don't want to do it. Uh-huh. It's just like. That man, my brother, <laughs> scarred me at a young age. Right. And I don't care what it takes. It takes me an extra 30 minutes to cut around it and leave it <laughs> attached to the body. Yeah. That's what I do. Right. <laughs> and it seems like he, it's just a protocol now. He knows you shot one. I got to go over there and take the butthole out. This last year was the first year. Like, I called him. Obviously, it was already taken out because I was in a bad spot with that deer. Right. But um, I called him at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey. <laughs> he's just like no he said dude we got to get it out it's the first thing that rots right you know (laughs) and he was just like can i do it tomorrow and i made him go all the way over there and he called me and he's like it's not here (laughs) i know you just you still have to go through the motion yep so i'll never let him live it down right for those of you who don't know the story go to josh christiansen's (laughs) podcast i believe it's episode five uh to to go through the whole story. <laughs> um, okay. So at this point you've, uh, shot two deer. I have a story to tell around that age. Um, for as, as you're getting, as you're getting older, you actually got amazing at shooting, uh, shotguns, clay pigeons, ducks. I was a sponsored NSCA shooter. Yeah. At a really long, uh, at a really young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were really good at that, way better than Josh and I. That's the only thing I had. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why you're shooting deer from the hip. I was better at it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to physically aim through a scope. Right. Just hip shoot and, and make I, it happen. I remember around that age, um, we were coyote hunting and I <laughs> uh and we had we were actually spotlighting coyotes at night. And uh this was over at Charles uh charles property i think i'm remembering now yeah and we were all sitting there calling 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 and we don't turn on the spotlights until we start hearing them coming closer and closer and then all of a sudden we shine a spotlight out in the field and it's way over on josh and my side of the tree and josh is tapping like shoot it shoot it shoot it i'm tapping him shoot it shoot it shoot it and all of a sudden boom 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 uh, and the coyote just like runs away and we're looking at you and you're like this, we're like, you're not even aiming. You're just shooting from the hip. Uh, and so that Sounds was, right. that was the Jake of old. 
Um, <laughs> then you went through a transition period where you actually got really good. I was tired of long being range. last place all the time. Right. That story that Josh also told that I was in high school, I got in trouble, so I wasn't allowed to hunt. There was like three days left of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, Reed Schuler, and my brother, we all had a gun. Mm-hmm. No, it was just Reed and my brother. Mm-hmm. I was out of ammo. Mm-hmm. And Why were you out of ammo? Nobody really knows. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I couldn't, my dad couldn't keep up with my ammo bill. Right. <laughs> um, have to buy a case, case ammo just for three right. days of hunting. Right. Um, Only if you want an animal dead, it's going to take at least 40 rounds to get, to get a bullet into that animal. I had an average of probably 25. <laughs> I could usually kill one or knock legs off in yeah. 25 rounds. <laughs> right. Um, it's pretty embarrassing. Uh-huh. But that particular one. Um, my mom said, you can go, but me and your dad are going to come watch from the truck. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, great. Yep. It was the worst experience. My mom has not watched hunting anything <laughs> since then. Uh-huh. Went up on the mountain, snuck up on these deer. There was like a little three by three at 75 yards. Mm-hmm. I can throw a rock and hit that. Right. Uh, Reed hands me his gun, said, Hey, it's got a, it's got a super light trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sure. I didn't know what a hair light trigger was. Mm-hmm. I was like, perfect. You know, I pretty much had to make a fist with mine to shoot mine. Right. Anyways, put the crosshairs on the deer, went to just like put my finger on the trigger to get ready mm-hmm. and boom. <laughs> and they both looked at me and I'm just like, that was my bad. I did not mean, <laughs> and he's like, you're shooting at the wrong deer. I'm like, well, I wasn't ready to shoot. Right. <laughs> like, right. Anyways. So they, I mean, there was probably a 150 deer in this spot they just started scattering mm-hmm. so what do i do i just start shooting at them boom I'm like that one's got boom. horns that one's got horns mm-hmm. and you know most most standard hunting rifles will hold three rounds in the magazine right. one in the chamber right so i emptied that one mm-hmm. handed it to reed and i said give me another one mm-hmm. and that's where that story comes from because they were both loading guns and i was just shooting right so to paint the picture for people you are shooting one rifle while someone else is reloading the other rifle and they're continually swapping rifles yep. while you're emptying all the, the ammo for it. Yep. And Reed reads a dude that probably only carries one or two bullets with him when he goes hunting. <laughs> right. And that day he had about 10, I think he knew I shot them all. Yep. Um, but it was like the 19th shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, one deer stood up right below us. He's probably a very young two by two buck. Yep. And man, I felt so good about it. I took my brother's 30 out or my grandpa's 30 out six, mm-hmm. stood up, put my elbow on my hip. Like I was super cool, yep. shot and he dropped, but mm-hmm. I took both of his back legs off. Mm. And, and your mom was witnessing. She this. was watching the whole thing. Yep. And I was pumped. I'm like, I can kill him now. To paint the picture for people too. You were up way up on a mountain. Your mom is down on the, on the bottom of the road, looking up at the mountain. Mm-hmm. Correct? Is she looking through binoculars or spotting? Scope? My dad set up a spotting scope so okay. she could watch. Gotcha. So she's getting a firsthand. Yeah, she was. I've never had an ass chewing quite like that <laughs> in my entire life. And my dad didn't say a word to me because right. he's like, "That's my son." Like I somehow I did that. Right. You know. Yeah. Like he's taking responsibility. Yeah, and I was I was pumped. I'm just like I'm grounded, and I just killed a deer. Like, and Reed's just like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, let's walk up and shoot it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it kind of scurried over, and like the older I get, like that was the worst. Mm -hmm. That hurts my heart. Right. I don't. 
anyways, so we. Back then, it's easy to be numb to it because there's so much adrenaline and excitement. I was a kid. I just wanted to kill things. Yeah, exactly. And as and you get older, you find yourself uh, feeling way more sympathetic. It was horrible. Which is great. And I'm like super embarrassed to tell this story, but right. it's the truth. Uh-huh. And so it kind of went over this little tiny knoll. And we walked down there and Reed started peeing mm-hmm. and I kicked up the deer and it took off running, mm-hmm. knocked him over. Yep. I mean, just full on disaster mode, right? Like yard sale when you're skiing, you crash and things just blow up. Right, right. That's what was happening. Yeah. And me being young, I'm like trying to raise the gun and shoot it when it's next to him. And he's just like, Jay. <laughs> and it's like, sorry, yeah. I'm excited. Right. Anyways, I ended up, it took me like five more rounds to kill it. Mm-hmm. It was at like 10 yards. I kept missing. Mm-hmm. And Reed's just like, I'm just going to kill it with a knife. <laughs> like, let's just get this done and over with. Yeah. And my brother's just, obviously talking smack the whole time. Right. It's like, yep, yep. Figured <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I uh, ended up killing it mm-hmm. like point blank. I had to put the barrel in it to finally hit it. Right. And okay. I know it was, and it only had two bolt holes in it. So right. it wasn't like I ruined a bunch of meat yeah, that's true. and I shot the knees out of it, Yeah. which is even hard to talk about, but right. that's what I did. So <laughs> for people who, who, because this is, you know, especially as you develop as a hunter, it's so common for these mistakes to be made at a younger age. I think a lot of people don't understand, even with a deer dying this tragically, <clears throat> it's still better than a lot of the alternative ways that deers that deer die in the wild. Um, you think about starvation that deer oftentimes uh, go through. You think about being eaten alive by wolves. Pretty much the best option a deer has is a mountain lion. And there aren't a ton of those to take them out. But a bear eats them alive and wolves eat them alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's starvation. All of those sound way worse than being shot at a bunch, even though we obviously want to make the best possible, cleanest shot that we can. When we can. But it happens, especially at a young age when you're figuring things out. Um, and still, I think, because this is the this is how I justify it in my head for those who are, you know, opposed to this. I still justify it in my head as uh, this is still a cleaner death than a lot of these deer are going to experience mm-hmm. if humans are not involved at all. Right. So. And yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm past that point, but I had a rough. Yeah. Between you, my dad. Oh, yeah. My brother. Yeah. Our favorite thing to do is give you shit. Right. You were the younger brother. And I deserved it. That was a horrible shot. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) For years, too. Yeah. Like, I I had a horrible streak. The only thing I could beat you guys at was shotguns. Right. And nobody liked duck hunting. No. Yeah. So I was stuck. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I couldn't go by myself. My parents were like, oh, no, you're basically too stupid. Like you're, you're going to drown in waders by yourself in negative 20 degree weather. Right, right. Like, I got this. Right. Yeah. But they're right. I almost drowned. Yep. You know, they were there. But do you think that was with that deer? Was there a pivotal moment where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need to definitely adjust? No, I thought everything was great. (laughs) I thought I was the best hunter in the world. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I killed it with two shots. For those who know you, they're going to be like, yep, that's an honest Sounds about right. Yep. (laughs) uh, No, it was, I think the turning point for me was... Um, seeing how little my deer were 
and seeing mm-hmm. how like what what people could kill mm-hmm. in the same area that I was in. I was just too lazy to go a little bit further. And right. my dad wasn't lazy. He mm-hmm. would run to the top of a mountain just to kill a meat buck. Right. Because um, that's the way they grew up. Right. And pure. It's purely about. And I I know this about your dad. It's purely about the meat. Yep. Sometimes and, he even has felt guilty for going after a bigger buck. Yep. He won't. And he, right. and up until a couple of years ago, I finally got him convinced mm-hmm. and he shot a couple of decent ones. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, they actually taste better. <laughs> like, well, don't kill them in sagebrush for right. one. Yeah. You know, they taste like sagebrush. Right, but right. Anyways, yeah, I think the turning point for me was I got old enough and I was like, man, I really suck at this. <laughs> like, I'm good at hunting. Mm-hmm. I can spot really well. I can find them. I just can't shoot them. Right. I, I'm better off throwing a rock at them. Yep. You know, and it was finally i'm just like i can do this like i just need a better gun Mm -hmm. so i saved up money all summer invested in a gun Mm -hmm. had no idea what i was doing bought five things that were all the wrong you know and then finally got the right setup right um that's kind of how it started Mm -hmm. and i was shooting these guns you know i was i was such a little guy Mm -hmm. you know i was 65 pounds shooting a 300 wind mag with no muzzle brake on it (laughs) I'd come home with black eyes and this buck, (laughs) you know, and my dad's just like, yeah, I think you should probably look at a couple of different options, but he was no better. He was shooting a 338 wind mag that was like synthetic Yep. and he didn't shoot it at the range because it hurt so bad. Right. Um, My dad, my dad's always been the same with that as well. He doesn't want to shoot unless he absolutely has to i I mean i guess i'm similar but i want to put a lot of rounds through my gun before hunting season like at least a month before i'm going out every single weekend to put Mm -hmm. rounds through my gun to make sure that i can shoot at all the different ranges uh but yeah my dad it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get him to just go shoot uh, around um and then when he shoots around Sometimes it completely misses the box or other times he shoots and it's dead on. He's like, perfect. I'm done. Yep. (laughs) And that's, that's that generation. My dad has had the same box of ammo Mm -hmm. for literally 12 years. Right. And he's just like, I need to shoot one. Mm -hmm. If it's off, I'll shoot a second one. Mm -hmm. I'll hold off the target to hit the center Mm -hmm. and it's good. I'll know where to hold (laughs) for the next shot. And I'm just like, you know, maybe, maybe this is where I went wrong because mm-hmm. I listened to that and we called it Kentucky windage. Uh-huh. Like, oh yeah, I can hit that one. Yep. Not even close. I don't even hit the mountain, <laughs> you know, and it's right. like, this isn't working for me. Yes. Like to beat, to beat my dad, to beat my brother. And it's not the size of the animal. Mm-hmm. It's killing one under five shots. Right. That was like what I was trying to beat because <laughs> right. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. I killed that really big one. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I can, uh, can I tell a story about a phone call I had or you want to start because you called me on the mountain. I'll just go for it. I won't tell, I won't tell the actual hunting story. I'll let you tell it. So Jake did get a a really big buck. Uh, but right before he got that buck, I get a phone call from you (laughs) and you're like, you're like, (laughs) you're cursing. You're so mad. You're like, screw this. I hate this. Oh, I've missed it too many deer today. I can't believe this. You're like bitching about the entire day. I'm quitting hunting. Like so mad. Sounds about right. And then the next photo I get is this monster buck. (laughs) So tell me what happened in between. Um, I found all on my own, no help. 
I found a really big buck. Mm -hmm. I had, this was the 300 win mag. It was pretty set up. I knew where it was hitting. I was consistently hitting. Mm -hmm. And you'd missed bucks before you saw that buck, right? No. On the same day or no? (laughs) Okay. Okay. You tell. tell. (laughs) That's so I get up early in the morning. It's Mm -hmm. like at that time, it took me like three and a half hours of straight vertical climbing right. to get within a shot because mm-hmm. that buck kind of was moving in two different basins. Mm-hmm. Got up there, got set up, could not find him. All the deer that he was with were there. There was like 30-something bucks with him. Yep. And I was like on a, on my pack, all set up, laying down. Everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, whew, he stands up. Mm-hmm. It's like 330 yards. Yeah. like, this couldn't be any better. Mm-hmm. Other than me having buck fever and freaking out, I'm just like, it's already killed in my mind. Right. And I'm, this is what the picture is going to look like. And I'm going to shove it in my brother's face, Tyler's face, and my dad's face. <laughs> right. And I'm going to kill it with one shot. For all the, the pain and misery we've caused for making fun of you all those years. <laughs> I brought 10 bullets with me. Mm-hmm. Nine of those, mm-hmm. I missed that buck. Every <laughs> shot. The furthest shot was about 460 yards. Yeah. I couldn't touch him. Uh-huh. It's like there was a forest field around him. <laughs> And I was like hitting low right underneath him. Yep. And so I just kept raising, raising my reticle. Mm-hmm. No matter where I aimed, I could have aimed across the canyon mm-hmm. and I'd have hit below him. Like that's <laughs> that's how shooting up at the sky. Yeah. And you would hit below his it was just boats. not meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's I called you and I was like, dude. <laughs> and I don't know why I called you. I should just should have kept my mouth shut. You were venting. Nobody would have ever known. <laughs> right. You were and, venting because you were you were like thinking you're heading down now yeah i should have been and you're telling the story (laughs) of this monster buck and of course i'm like yeah okay whatever it's the one that got away it's Mm -hmm. the big fish story yeah totally totally and so i called my dad and he's like dude you're already up that high stay Mm -hmm. up there and i'm like dad i shot nine times (laughs) i have one bullet there's nothing like if i can't hit a deer with nine right what do you think i'm gonna do with one right and he was just like well just you know trying to be encouraging Mm -hmm. like go look for blood. And I'm like, I missed Yeah, clearly. Mm-hmm. And he's, so I, I did, I went and looked for blood and I followed his tracks for a while. And they went of course down to the timber and I dropped about 200 feet in elevation and I side hilled all the way around to the other side. And I mean, I was like mad. I was talking on the phone, mm-hmm. loud, stepping, crunching, rolling rocks down the mountain. Yeah. Cause I didn't care. I just, <laughs> I built this buck up so much mm-hmm. and I just missed. Yep. Nobody's going to believe me. Right. So I came around the corner, I was talking to my dad and I like, it just like looked like this beautiful picture perfect. Like mm-hmm. there's a buck in here. Yeah. And I sat down right below a tree and I was glassing underneath a tree branch and I found a doe mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, well there's deer and they didn't run from my monstrosity a mile <laughs> that way. Yeah. Maybe I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dad, I got to call you back. I, there's some deer in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of slid my gun under the tree, got into position and I ranged it and it was like 250 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not super confident in myself right now, but right. if it's a buck, I'm going to shoot it. Yep. Not thinking like, okay, it's private property down there. Mm-hmm. I can't go that way. I have to come back up and out. Yep. I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> I got to come home with something. Right. And right then I saw something moving through the trees and um, it was not the same buck. Mm-hmm. It was a different buck. Mm-hmm. The buck I originally missed was a typical five by five mm-hmm. probably better half of 195 inches he mm-hmm. was a really good deer yeah um 
Anyways, this buck was pushing does at noon, mm-hmm. in the middle of the day. I'm just like, okay, this is a godsend. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't miss. Right. I'm going to kill this one. Yep. And there was one little tiny opening in the trees at 640 yards. Jeez. And I was trying not to focus on that, but I knew where my gun was hitting. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't hitting at 300 yards. So I was like, I got one bullet. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to kill him or I'm going to miss by a mile. Yep. Easy. Because mm-hmm. my left and right was good. Mm-hmm. It was just my, my elevation was not. Right. Um, anyways, he kept walking in between this opening mm-hmm. and just like, I was like, uh, no, probably not going to happen. I was steady. I wasn't nervous. I was just mad mm-hmm. that I missed the first one. Right. And I didn't even know how big he was. I knew he was good. Mm-hmm. Um, all I had was a side profile and he was really tall and he had deep forks. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's good enough. <laughs> you know, I can't, I got to redeem myself here. Right. And he finally, like I put my head down took a deep breath because I was all nervous and mm-hmm. it's like, I've got one bullet. Yeah. This is not like me. Mm-hmm. I should have 30. <laughs> like that's, that's Why more, I only pack 10. That's morning. more of my speed. Mm-hmm. Well, I was feeling all cocky, you right. know, I was like, I'm just going to take 10 bullets. And, right. You know, anyways, I put my head down, took a deep breath, picked my head up and he's standing broadside. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh, I didn't have time to get nervous. I just put my crosshair I had mill dots at the time, so I put, like, my fifth mill dot on his back, and mm-hmm. I shot, and he dropped. Mm-hmm. And I might have peed my pants. I'm not <laughs> sure. It's just I was, like, so Did you excited. know how big he was? No. Okay. Like, I knew I knew he had a – I knew he was big, yeah. but I didn't know how big. Right. He could have been six inches wide, <laughs> but I knew he was 28 inches tall. Like, right, right. I was like, I don't care. Yep. I got to come home with something. Mm-hmm. And I called my dad, and I'm like, well, I killed one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, with one bullet? No, you didn't. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, it was unheard of. Here, here we go. Yep. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, send me pictures. I like how he encouraged you to stay up there <laughs> right. and then doesn't believe that you killed Right. And he's bullet. like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm serious. Yeah. And he's like, well, send me a picture. And I'm like, I can't move right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in disbelief like you are. Right. I don't know how this just happened. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I walked over there and I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, this is huge. Mm-hmm. This is. I didn't know deer could get this big. Oh, yeah. I remember that buck. Uh, it blew all of our bucks out of the water. At that time, we were all competing with, like, you know, you guys had both gotten decent deer in, in Unit 44, um, but we were all competing with these, the you know, smaller 3x3s, 2x2s. Maybe, maybe the 44 bucks you guys had were a little bit bigger, but they didn't have wide frames. They weren't they very were, tall. They were small frames, four by fives. Yep. Is what they so both all were. of a sudden, I think that was a realization of, holy shit, there yeah. are deer like this we, on public land. Our <laughs> parents, our parents did not teach us that there were deer no. like that anywhere. No. I assumed that any big buck came from a controlled unit or on private property. Mm-hmm. Uh, no clue that there were deer like that on not in a land. not in a general unit, right? Um, and that's where I was because yeah. I could literally see houses, mm-hmm. you know, on one side of me, right? And it was stupid, but mm-hmm. all the stars aligned. That was like my moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to show Josh. I'm going to show Tyler. <laughs> like, yep, this is my moment. Yeah, um, and I killed it with one bullet, technically. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a win-win for right. me. Yep. Um, There's still nine shells in the mountain somewhere. But. Yeah. Nobody knew that <laughs> right. until now. Yep. Um, actually, no, there was, there, was, there was a lot of people watching that buck. <laughs> and there was a lot of people on the highway that, that morning. Right. I, I got bet. two phone calls. Well, it, was, it was definitely late in the day. It was like a, I felt like it was for sure after 10. 
When I shot the first shot at the first one? No, when you actually hit your buck was later in the day, right? Twelve fifteen. Yeah, twelve fifteen. What a weird time to shoot a buck. That's that's what I'm saying. Like all the stars aligned, and yeah. it was just like, that's my moment. Right. Um, I haven't had another one like that, right. but I took that one and ran with it. So yeah, were you anyways, shooting in the forest? Was it in a forest that you? He was in the trees. Yeah, there was one gap in the trees. Like I could see their white butts mm-hmm. moving through the trees, and I just like scan, and I'm like, okay, there's a gap. Yeah, and I obviously can't shoot a moving animal i can't shoot one standing still <laughs> right. so i was like well this isn't in my odds right. at all yeah or in my favor and yeah. anyways like he just kept going back and forth the mm-hmm. does kept circling he just like kept stepping in and i'm just like stop right like not that i have a chance but stop please <laughs> right and he did and i hammered him and it was like that was like my first initial first initial niche you know mm-hmm. um and he ended up scoring 189 inches, mm-hmm. um, or no, he went down to 186. So he's 186 inches. Yeah. He went down cause he's a non-typical, right? Well, he shrunk. They all shrink a little bit. They don't okay. shrink that much, but he shrunk a little bit. I didn't probably take care of it. Like I should have. I was just stoked. You right, know, I was right, like, right. look at this thing. Anyways, yeah. I called my dad cause I realized the mess that I was in mm-hmm. and I couldn't carry a deer like that out by myself mm-hmm. cause I had to go uphill. Yeah. Anyways, I dropped him a pen. He came up and he was just like, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Yeah. Like, help me. I yeah. still can't walk. Right. Anyways, we got it out of there and that was kind of my, I sold everything I had, mm-hmm. got new equipment, new guns. I'm just like, I can't, I can't afford to miss because I, I find a deer, I build it up mm-hmm. and then it doesn't exist because I miss it. Right. Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to wound an animal. Right. Like I was 16 or seven. No. I was probably 20 mm-hmm. when that happened. Well, and I think I think that did change also your entire style of hunting because I remember going with you before and it was a lot of like, go, go, go. Uh, it wasn't a lot of looking. And then I remember after that, it'd be like 10 a.m. 10 a.m. is usually when I'm like packing up and getting ready to hike to my evening spot. And you would be going, nope, we're going to scan the trees. Like we're going to scan under every single tree and every single gap. Mm -hmm. We're going to move along the ridge to get to a different vantage point and look in this side of the forest. And I, I don't know if that's the deer that clicked in your head where you're like, I need to be looking really thoroughly through these trees before I move on. Um, and there were times where you'd, you'd spot a buck out of nowhere. All, all of a sudden we were bringing you hunting because you had the eyes Right. To see every single deer that we couldn't see. Um, Up until I made the rule, whoever spots it gets first shot. <laughs> right. Well, it didn't matter because you were always taking first shot no I'd, matter what. I'd miss. And you guys were like, great. Yeah, That's exactly. fine. Yeah. You can have first shot. You can have first, second, and third. We'll clean it up we'll afterwards. Still get a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's so, yeah, no, that was that was a big thing. Like being young, being in good shape, man, you, you walk past everything. You yep. know, with how hunting is now, everybody goes up high and pushes everything down low. Mm-hmm. You could be 100 yards off the highway. There mm-hmm. could be a 30-inch buck bedded down in the river bottom oh, right yeah. next to you. Those aren't the ones I get lucky enough to ever find. Right. But I know they're there. Right. Um, but, yeah, everything changed. I was just like, okay, like, I got lucky on this one. Now I have to get good because I'm not going to get lucky twice. Right. Um, and, and I'm not. I'm, I learn something every year. I learn pretty hard lesson every year. Right. 
Well, and um, I mean, every year you 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 have to learn and you have to grow and you have to adapt and things things change. But yeah, I would say there's a massive improvement um, from then <laughs> yeah. to now, and I do think that must have been a defining moment for you because now you could shoot a deer at a thousand yards. No problems. Well, I, maybe I, some problems. I couldn't get any lower than I was, yep. so there was only one direction to go. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I've killed I've killed some really nice bucks since then. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all been a little bit further than I've wanted to shoot. Yep. But it's I got something instilled in my head because of some of my upbringing <laughs> that I can't watch it walk away, right? Because it won't exist, right? People didn't believe me, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, well. I'm just going to shoot it yeah, and bring it home. So I can prove that yeah. I, that I did see it and it's here in the mountains. And I, I hunt solo. So yeah. if I miss it, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I learned how Except to shoot. We all know that you're throwing lead into the, into the mountains. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been, I haven't missed a deer in about seven years. That's good. Um, everything I've, wanted to kill i've been fortunate enough to kill yeah and part of that is is because i grew up and learned how to shoot because mm-hmm. i didn't i got to the point i didn't want to see an animal suffer right and you know you'd you'd work your butt off getting to the top of a mountain here come some guys road hunting that shoot 15 shots over the top of you yep. at 1500 yards at mm-hmm. deer that are just like who's that idiot down right. there? like what are they shooting at and yep. all the time bullets are whizzing over my head <laughs> right i'm just like that's not ethical right like what if they wound one Mm-hmm. you know, and I'm within 300 yards of that deer, I mm-hmm. feel obligated to kill it. Right. Now that's my tag. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'll always fill my tag. If it's the last day of the season, I don't care how big it is. Mm-hmm. We eat the meat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally have different guns, different equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, Vortex Optics has some sweet stuff and they've hooked me up huge. Awesome. And I mean. So what is it? What is it about big bucks that gets you going they're the most elusive hardest animal other than wolves mm-hmm. can I talk about wolves on here yeah other- chris i on the last episode okay yeah. talked about shooting a wolf and eating it Oof. see that's pretty savage <laughs> i don't think i could eat one i would try it yeah that's what i told him he said it tasted great i've eaten mountain lion i've eaten some gross stuff but yeah. wolf is i don't know anyways um the niche for me is most of this hunting got easy. Mm-hmm. I can go out anywhere and shoot a deer, just like you, just like Josh. Mm-hmm. We can go shoot a deer. Right. But to shoot a mature mule deer that's over five years old. Oh, yeah. It's a different world. Is, I mean, they're smart. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can all go out. We can kill elk with our bows. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but we can do it. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science. It's more of a luck game mm-hmm. or putting yourself in the right position with deer you have to check under one tree from four different angles. Right. They may be there. They may not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I still want to beat you and Josh all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, you're winning. I'm, I'm kind of stuck on that. You know? You're definitely winning. You could slow down and let us catch up a little bit. Um, and like Nick Turco, too. He's He's got uh, something on me. He might be tough to beat. He can hike circles around me. Right. Um I'm slow, but I'll go all day. Right, and right. he's fast and can go for three days. Right. <laughs> so right. for me, it's like that's that's my friend group that I grew up in, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't care to be the best, 
but I'm not going to be the worst, like <laughs> the, the dude that I was <laughs> like, I, yeah. So, right. um, well, and it's funny. Cause I even remember when you were a kid, um, you were so headstrong about like, I want to do this. I want to do it myself. I remember a popular story, uh, that your dad would always tell. Um, because, and he told it to us while we were Is that uh, the swamp story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> while surprised we're that one didn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah. It's going out right now. Perfect. While we were elk hunting, he told me the story, uh, <laughs> because you were like, dad, I want to lead. I want to lead. And before it was always Josh or your dad leading. And he goes, you remember the swamp, Jake? And you'd stop and like, put your head down. And it's because. <laughs> You were doing that on a hike, uh, archery hunting, correct? Yep. And he said, uh, and you guys were hiking and you were, you kept going like, I want to go over there. I want to go over there. And he's like, no, I'm leading or Josh was leading. And you were just at that young enough threshold that I don't think they trusted you to lead yet. No. Why would they? <laughs> right. And then finally, uh, it was towards the end of the day and your dad's like, fine, go ahead, like lead, whatever. We're just heading back to the car. I think he secretly knew <laughs> like what was in front of him. Right. Um, but part of it too was, is like, I was small. Yeah. I hit my growth spurt when I was like last year, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I yeah, was always yeah. really small. Right. And I was always like, I could hike better mm -hmm. when I wasn't trying to keep up with somebody. Right. That makes sense. And everybody was, waiting. you're taking like three steps to everyone's step. That's especially with you. Right. It's like taking four or five. Right. Right. And you're just like, <laughs> just slowly you know, size up 17 the shoe. And I'm just like, <laughs> just trying to jump into the next footprint. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that was like the main thing. I was just like, I can, I can, I'm a strong hiker, mm -hmm. but following people, mm-hmm. Like I get bored. I'm just like looking at the ground the whole time, right. you know, and when I'm in front, I'm like attentive, I'm aware, right. But not that aware. <laughs> Apparently not. Cause well, actually you're pretty aware, uh, from, for far away things, I guess. After, um, after this story happened, yeah. um, I'm aware of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, finally your dad lets you lead and you step in front and you run ahead and you run right into a swamp. <laughs> How far did you sink up in that swamp? Past my waist. <laughs> um, and it was like, it looked like you could tell it was like a marshy area. There was a spring, yep. you know, and it was like 50 yards down the hill. There was a clear elk wallow. Like right. it was, it was wet. Mm -hmm. And my dad's just like, go ahead. Here's a life lesson coming your way. Right. You know? And I just like went ahead and I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. I uh -huh. got this. And yep. I just freaking disappeared. Right. Um, and they're both standing there mm -hmm. like they didn't even move. I just walked in front and sunk <laughs> and they're both just like, Oh, how'd that work out for you? Right. And I'm just like, so mad. Yep. So embarrassed. Uh -huh. I'm just like, man, that was my opportunity. Right. And I just <laughs> blew it. I'm Always like, trying to like show I'm people never going to get to lead again. Right. Like ever. Yep. Anyways, they let me struggle. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want your help. Right. I'm fine. I'll get out of this. Right. Right. And I struggled for a while and I, I can't remember what they did, but all day, man, it was like the nastiest, stinkiest mud <laughs> you could ever imagine from so now my, they're for sure making you walk behind. from my waist down about, uh -huh. I don't know, about an hour later, it started drying out yeah. and it was just, <laughs> and dad's like, well, we're supposed to be quiet when we're archery hunting. <laughs> and if we do make noise, it's not supposed to sound like that, right. you know? So it was. And that was kind of our first year archery hunting. Yeah. My dad didn't grow up doing it. So we all started like the same year. We didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. um, obviously didn't know there was a swamp in the middle of a 
mountain right in the desert right but there is now you know they're out there um yeah so that was another highlight moment for yeah. me <laughs> well and it's funny because i look at um i look at the uh the juxtaposition of it now where before it was all about trying to prove yourself and now it does feel like you're actually genuinely trying to hunt and or you're trying to genuinely help people get mm-hmm. into hunting mm-hmm. because it seems like now when people are struggling you're more than willing to be like hey let me show you let me show you how to do this yeah. let me show you the ropes let me show you not necessarily where your best spot is but i'll show you my i'll take you tent- to your spot <laughs> pick a spot on a map we'll go there right right i'll show you tyler's spot is what you yeah. tell people <laughs> i got a buddy he's got some deer here let's right, let's right. go here he doesn't mind if you're yeah. in there uh yeah so that i, I think that's great um that in, instead of a lot of people um a lot of people really be really seclude themselves in their hunting and they don't want to talk about it. Uh, like Nick Turco, um, it was really hard for him to be on this podcast because he didn't want to promote and nothing against him. This is just an ideology that, um, I don't necessarily agree with. I want people in the outdoors. I want people hunting and I want people caring about the wildlife that, that we're participating in shooting. Um, and I know that, that, to a lot of people who don't hunt, they're like, what does that even mean? How mm-hmm. can you care about something that you want to shoot? But I feel like I love animals so much more than most people do. And it's because I'm around them all the time. Yeah. Um, but guys like, like Nick, they want their spots and they want to be secluded. And that's their personality. They want to be by themselves out in the middle of nowhere. And if they see someone in their area, it pushes them to go farther and mm-hmm. farther. And farther and that's why that dude is out in the middle of freaking nowhere all the time is he's trying to get away from everybody and everything yep and he's probably not going to be except for close friends and family he's probably not going to be that guy who teaches uh people or or takes them into his areas or anything like that which nothing against nothing against that mentality but i appreciate that you're open to wanting yeah. to teach people and train people and so you you teach people how to even shoot rifles, shoot long mm-hmm. range. Tell me a little bit about how you got into that. Um, well, first of all, everybody knows I kill all my deer in Colorado. Yeah. Not Idaho. Right. <laughs> oh, so you are uh, more like Nick Turco then. <laughs> uh, um, Actually, Colorado's way easier to hunt, so everyone should yeah, go there. Yeah, everybody should go there. Yeah. If you want a really bad time, uh, <laughs> I had, uh, and you know, you, I, uh, I had uh, my wife my wife's cousins came in from town and I kept telling them over and over, we're hunting in public land, public, uh, public open units. And, uh, this is going to suck if you're not used to hiking. Oh, you're talking about Blake, Blake and Colin. Yep. Mm -hmm. And his, and his two buddies. And, uh, and I kept telling them over and over, this is going to be tough, like really hard. And I think they were like, yeah, we've, you know, we've hunted in Wyoming. We've hunted in Colorado. I don't know if they had hunted in Colorado at that point yet. Um, but I think they thought it would be similar to when you purchase uh, the rights to hunt someone's ranch land. Right. It's totally different over there. Totally different. And uh, and when they got here, it was like the first hike. They were like, what in the hell are you talking about? No, that's you can't hike up this. Um, and sure enough, I was like, yeah, you like, you have to hike up this and you may or may not see a deer. This isn't an easy 
uh, there's nothing guaranteed on that mountain. Right. Right. And it's going to suck the whole way up if you're not used to it. Um, and so they learned that lesson that first year. And then Blake came back with a vengeance uh, a couple of years after that. I got to give it to Blake. Yeah. Um, they came up, I, I went in the middle fork with them. I got tags and I was just like, well, I'm, I'll go hunt with you guys. Yep. And dude, he was, I'm like, but you need to be prepared because yeah. where we hunt is like, that's child's play to the middle Compared fork. to the middle, middle fork, fork yeah. is gnarly. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he ran on a treadmill every day yeah. on an incline. Yep. And I said, let me know when you can do 10 miles mm-hmm. without stopping. Mm-hmm. And he worked all summer. He lost like 35 pounds. <laughs> And he showed up, like, looking pretty. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm ready. Yep. And I was just like, okay, (laughs) let's do it. That's awesome. And day one, man, he was hot on my heels. Yep. He's just like, Jake, I'm right behind you. I got you. Yep, yep. I'm just like, okay. Well, even, like, there's a lot of people that motivate me, but not a lot that I know in real life. Mm -hmm. That guy, when he showed up, obviously had no clue what – was like the the hiking that he would have to do the shape that he'd have to be in but that guy never quit like every morning every evening he was hiking up all of these different and Mm -hmm. you know they're for us they're for us we're used to them we're used to the altitude we're used to hiking up we Mm -hmm. know where we're going um for him to have no experience in hiking these types of mountains and just doing it every morning, every yeah. evening until he got something with you that day was super inspiring to me. Um, and then to come back a few years later and kill a, a decent, bu- a, a pretty big buck. Yeah. Um, and be in the shape that he and was he, in for. He killed like 186 inch mule deer. Yeah. I mean, um, trophy. trophy. And he shot it at 560 yards. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got to give it to him. Yeah. Because when I met him, he's like, Dude, I can shoot like 50 yards. Right. Well, in Wisconsin, like 50 yards that's is all, all you do. need. Yeah. And I said, well, that's not going to work here. Mm-hmm. You're never going to see a deer at 50 yards. <laughs> right. Like we're in the open. If I see a deer at 50 yards, I actually don't know what to do. <laughs> the, the only one I've missed in seven years was yeah. at 75 yards. Right. Exactly. And I hip shot it and I'm not good at that anymore. Right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, yeah, I got to give it to him, man. He, he shot that deer. He laid down and he's just like, Jake, check me. Am I good? And I'm like, man, you're like, he's not going to, he's not going to stand there all day. Right. So like, look at the deer, not me. Yeah. And he shot it, killed Mm -hmm. it. And he was just like the most non-emotional man. He doesn't care about the trophy. He just wants to meet. Right. I'm just like, dude, (laughs) look at that deer. Right. And he's just like, I'm not, I'm not excited. (laughs) I'm just like, dude. This is part of the fun. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what size of the animal. Yeah. That is your trophy. Right. And he's just like, well, I feel like, and I'm like, shut up. Right. Like that is a, that is a trophy. Yeah. That's a that big is buck. an over the counter tag. You yep. guys came from Wisconsin uh-huh. and I would have happily taken that deer home totally. any day. Right. Like if you missed, I was shooting it. Right. Like, when I remember the first year, I mean, when he worked, when he worked his ass off every day and wasn't in the shape that he needed to be in. Um, and, but still like kept grinding, kept grinding. When he shot that buck with you that last day, literally, I I almost killed him. Literally the morning before he went, uh, he was leaving. He still Mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to go up one more time, one more time. Um, shot that buck. I've never seen anyone so happy. And he says that he shoots a lot of deer in Wisconsin. 
mm-hmm. but none of them were as meaningful as <laughs> that mule deer because of the work that he had to put yeah. into it. I mean, I took him up that mountain and I didn't really push him too hard because I knew he was tired, mm-hmm. but I was in really good shape that year working out with Benji, yep. feeling good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went up the mountain, he like got to the top and he's just like, I'm not going to lie to you. How much further are we going? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that was just like the first null. Yeah. That was like the null. Now we got to go up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> you know, he was not happy. Right. Um, but we got there and we ended up seeing the deer a little bit early because I don't think he would have made it to right. where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, hey, there they are. And he's like, where? Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I can't, I can't see that far. And I'm like, it's only like 400 yards. Right. Like to us, that's normal. And he's mm-hmm. just like, we spot deer in the trees at a hundred right. at, at like the furthest. Yeah. It was like, so it took him 20 minutes to find the deer. Right. And then, you know, I'm just like, I turned my turrets and did all that. And I'm like, just hold that on. And he's, mm-hmm. he wouldn't shoot. Cause he's like, that's not, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I know the gun. I know the setup. Just put where you want to hit and pull the trigger. Right. Um, cause I was shooting a one inch group at 525 yards with right. that gun. It was a seven mag. It was a good gun. And finally, he's just like, okay. He pulled the trigger, dumped it. He didn't He didn't watch it fall. And the whole walk over there, he's like, I didn't hit it. And I'm like, dude, it is laying dead right there. Can you not see it? And he's right. like, I can't see that far. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, you see the white butt yeah. and all like the shale rock? And mm-hmm. he's like, no. <laughs> Anyways, we got over there. I beat him to it. And I'm like sitting on the deer, mm-hmm. you know, pay my respects and he like walked over and he started doing circles and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't see the deer and I'm <laughs> sitting on the deer. Yeah. And, uh, what did he do? I'm just like, bro. <laughs> yeah. And like, you could just tell he was just like, right. You know, and it wasn't, it was like a 25 inch two by three. It wasn't a whopper deer, but right. that was his trophy. Yeah. Um, and oh, that's, man. that deer he'll remember forever because of that experience. He still talks about it and he still tries to come out to Idaho. He's there. They're him and Kevin both are coming out to Idaho this year. Oh, good. And I'm going to go back out to the middle fork with him. Cool. It's um, tough to get tags right now here. They for got everyone who's thinking about hunting in Idaho. First of all, no guarantee it's going to suck. <laughs> uh, and you might not get your tags. Yeah. And I think they got them in the cell way. I've never been there. I just okay. like, I like to go and yeah. I've got wolf tags to fill. So mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. Um, I want to tell a story about you. Oh, shit. Really quick. Okay. Since you're the host. Can you give me a, a nope. indicator of what it is? Nope. <laughs> Tyler asked me, he had a, a Stanley cow tag or it was an either sex tag. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cow or bull. Yep. Um, and he's like, hey, Jake, do you want to go with me tomorrow? I think this story is more embarrassing for you. <sighs> no, because <laughs> of when you'll see. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> remember what happened afterwards no, no. when no. I took you hunting? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. We lost friendship yeah, for a while. We did. <laughs> so anyways, he's like, hey, let's go. I don't know if I've ever cursed someone out so bad than that day. We have to cross a small river mm-hmm. to get to where we're going. So this, to clarify... This was my hunting spot that I was taking Jake to. He he wanted help getting an elk out if he killed an elk. Correct. Um, but it was a general deer tag, so I brought my gun mm-hmm. in case we saw a deer or something. Anyways, we got it. You know, I'm like, well, do I need waders? And he's like, no, no, it's only like maybe ankle deep. <laughs> and I was like, okay, perfect, you know. So we got up there, and it's the Salmon River. <laughs> It's not like, you know, and he told me. I made me, it sound like a creek. Yeah, he made it sound like we could basically jump across it. 
This particular spot was about 40 to 50 feet wide. It was a long ways. And uh, it was waist deep. Yeah. And it was fast moving, yeah. not to mention it was about negative 10 degrees right. when we got there. Waders would have been dangerous, Jake. <laughs> Could have ground, <laughs> right? So um, we like get all of our stuff on and I can like hear the water and I'm like, okay, like, hmm, this doesn't sound like a crick right. or a creek. Yeah. So we get up to it and he's like, well, this is going to suck. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not. <laughs> the river was higher than it was the last time I did that. I'll say that. Well, and Tyler's 6'3". Yeah. And I'm 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, and body mass wise, my temperature is going to drop a lot quicker oh, yeah. than yours. Yeah. So anyways, he like starts taking his socks and shoes off. And I'm just like, man, he's, he's going to do this. <laughs> and I'm responsible to go with him. Right. Like I, I can't. I can't. Like, what are you going to do? Sit there all yeah, day? I can't, I can't cop out of this. Right, I'm right. going to be a pussy. Yeah. So anyways, I took my shoes off and, mm -hmm. you know, he takes like three steps in, turns around. He's like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is going to suck. And I'm just like, oh my Lord. Like, we didn't even bring uh, shoes to walk across. No, we went barefoot. Barefoot across. And so. And what was it? The temperature was like it was negative degrees. 10. Yeah, negative it was, 10. It was bad. It was cold. Yeah, it yeah. sucked. We had to walk on like a foot of ice to get into yeah, the water right. that yeah. froze that night and it yeah. was snowing. Yep. It was anyways. So, you know, he's like taking two steps and stopping and I'm just like, I just, I, I'm going to have to go. Mm -hmm. And I got like halfway, sliced my foot open, mm -hmm. couldn't feel it. Yep. And my core temperature started dropping. Mm -hmm. So I like got to the other side and he's like laughing. Wait, first, <laughs> before you got to the other side. You were halfway and you were like, I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you, you're halfway. Like, you might as well keep going. Not realizing the reason you needed to go back was because you had to warm up. Like, you were needed to probably get in a vehicle and warm up. I was 100% when I got halfway. I was I was hypothermic. Right. I was past hypothermic. <laughs> right. I couldn't talk. I was getting disoriented. Yeah. Anyways, I just, I pushed through, got to the other side. Because we had to move slow. We couldn't go fast either. That was a big problem because <laughs> if you move too fast, you started slipping on the rocks. Yeah, and if you would go down. in, yeah, and you're in you're in big trouble. Well, we started up here and we ended about twenty feet down from where we wanted to <laughs> get out. Yep. Um, but anyways, I got to the bank and I'm like dry heaving. I'm <laughs> hot and sweaty. Like I'm going downhill. Yeah. And I'm like looking at Tyler and he's still in the middle, laughing at me. <laughs> like, dude, that sucked. And I'm yeah. just like, man, I'm. I feel die. like I'm dying right now. Right. Like, this is not good. Yep. My feet are bleeding. I can't feel them. My <laughs> legs are numb. And to mind you, like, this water filled my pockets. Yep. Uh, my cell phone was in my pocket, my wallet. But I wasn't. It was just, like, waist height. So I rolled up my pants, and it just filled my pockets. Yep. And so I'm like, this is not going to be a good day. Right. And anyways, it took me probably 20 minutes. I had to drink some water and <laughs> we sat there and like we were supposed to be up on the mountain, uh, by daylight and we had to sit there <laughs> for a long time. He was giving me a hard time. He's like, I Dude. thought you were being a pussy. He's like <laughs> tapping my shoulder and he's like, we got to go. Yeah. And I'm like, Tyler, <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm purple. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see me right now? Yeah. And he's just like, no, 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 you're okay. Uh -huh. But we really have to go. <laughs> And I said, then go. Like, I right. can't move. Right, right. Like, I am. And not realizing it, it took me a couple months to realize, like, I was, like, really hypothermic. Right. But I wasn't worried about it because I'm just like, 
stop being a pussy. Right, like, you right. got this. Yeah. But no, I was like struggling. Anyways, we went up there. We ended up seeing some. No, a lot of deer. A lot of deer. No elk. Though. No elk. Um, no, we we saw cow like, elk. Yeah, like one for a brief second. Yeah. But the hunt sucked. Yeah. It was the worst. <laughs> and we only hiked like maybe 300 yards yeah, past the river. It wasn't that bad. Honestly, that's the hardest part is crossing the river. And, and then you kind of have the mountain to yourself. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, then you have to cross it back on the way back. Right. And I'm just like, hey, Tyler, like if we had killed something, how would we have gotten it back? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. We would have figured it out. And I'm just like, okay. I had an idea of if that happened, we would make some sort of this is and you know, I we were young. I was still young. I was like maybe in my twenties, uh, early twenties, but uh I thought we'll make a raft out of like a <laughs> plank and we'll somehow like rope it to the other side and just pull it all the way across. Right. Because my cognitive skills were on point <laughs> all day. That's what I was thinking. Um, I I took uh, Ben in that same area, and he had a reaction where his hands went completely numb, and then they started slowly coming back with some circulation, and it was so painful. He had to he had to he had to wait for like thirty minutes before uh, yeah. blood flow would go back into his hands. And my dad and I could not understand what was happening. Like we were looking at him like. Dude, come on. Let's go. Uh, There's something about that spot. I hate that spot. <laughs> You've never gone back there with me. I never will. <laughs> Ever. Um, you haven't actually invited me back there. Yeah. Because no. you know I'll say no. Well, we'd have to go real early if we're going to sit there for a half an hour. <laughs> I would rather helicopter in. <laughs> right. Um, so my point of this, uh -huh. there's two points to this. Yep. What people will do for an animal yeah near-death experiences yeah on purpose right um that's a real thing yeah and secondly um it was my turn to take you hunting yeah i was like hey tyler i got this great spot you want to go hunting that was the worst and he's like yeah, spot yeah yeah ever and so i picked the worst nastiest rockiest thickest spot i could find yeah i'll paint the picture for people on this <laughs> one uh we hiked for probably three hours up the side of this mountain and i get up to we get we hike up three hours and i look back and i can still see the truck <laughs> and i'm fuming because literally the entire time we're walking through brush we're having to like crawl under logs like hike up above logs like it was it was horrible and it was super steep and we were like half side hilling half going up and yeah, I lost it. I was so mad. It was for me. It was payback. <laughs> um, I'd hunted in there before, but there's and there was a path. That a, was the craziest thing. There was a trail. I looked down at the bottom, like there, there's a trail down at the bottom. We could have been like three mountain ranges back. We could have by now, <laughs> and we can still see the truck. Why would we be? I think we were bear hunting. Why would we be able to see a bear? I think we were bear hunting. Yeah. Yeah. I we saw a bear. And a porcupine. After we went down to the trail. After we went all the way down to the trail. I took a shot at it. Oh, that was that one. We saw it. We were messing. We were seeing the porcupine. Yeah. It was then... laying on its back. I tell this story all the time because this is why I don't, I'm not a bear hunter. It was laying on its, I have two stories about why I'm not a bear hunter. <laughs> Both of them, I think I was with you. That mm -hmm. story, this bear was laying on its back in the sun with a big, huge berry bush in its arms. And you're in my ear going, 
shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And I'm like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I can't shoot it. You got to shoot it before, like if you watch before it. Before the cuteness not, hits. Yeah, so I was like, God. Yeah. God. Yep. And you're just like, nope, yeah, nope, I, I can't. I couldn't, I couldn't. I, couldn't. I was, did take a, a shot, but it was just like a, like a go, runaway bear. After he ran away. <laughs> yeah. um, well, he kind of like looked at us and he's like, oh. Yep. Somebody's watching. Yeah. Me. Yeah. And he like got up. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, okay, okay. Yeah. And now that he's not looking as cute. Yeah. You, I don't even know where you hit, but you hit way high. Way high. It was a hundred yards, maybe. Yeah. Easy shot. But Easy. you were just like, no. Yeah. I did not want to <laughs> shoot it. And the second time was like, uh, I think that same year, but it was before that bear. Um, we saw one across the canyon and it was a long shot. Um, but it was, it was rolling rocks down the mountain and logs down the mountain. And then it was like pouncing up and down, watching it roll down the mountain. And Excited I was like, from that is victory. the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not shooting that bear. Yep. And that's why we have a bear problem in Idaho. There was one <laughs> in that same spot that he was crossing a log and mm-hmm. like doing the wide steps, you know, like, yeah, dur, dur, dur. yeah, yeah, totally and he slipped and fell mm-hmm. and racked himself. <laughs> And I was only like 200 yards and I could hear him. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, that bear just racked himself. Like too human. Like can't kill that one. No, (laughs) you know, and it was a good bear, but I was just like, nope. Bear too cute for me. But anyways, Um, to finish that story, sorry, Tyler, uh, lost it on me. I did. And I'm just smiling. So I'm like, dude, I crossed the salmon river in the middle of it was the worst temperatures ever. It was so horrible that as we were walking, walking down, I wanted you to feel how bad I felt. And so I was just saying the meanest things I could think of as we were walking down. We, if we wouldn't have been walking, if we had been talking to each other, we probably would have gotten in a fist fight. Oh yeah, totally. I was behind you kind of yelling, like you were, <laughs> anything you were I could mad. think of. You were I was so, so mad. mad. Um, and I was right out of Bible school at that time too. <laughs> So the things I was saying was probably like pent up things I've wanted to say to people, but haven't been. Oh, yeah. I wasn't cursing at the time. And I just like let it unleash in that moment. It was the most frustrating hike ever. And I didn't realize you were just trying to pay me back for what <laughs> I did. Uh, and I think you even said like, that's what you get for making me cross across the Salmon River. <laughs> How, how's that creek look down there, Tyler? Let's go cross it. Yeah. And like we didn't really talked that much for like three years oh yeah that um, was a, was a it was break. it lasted a while yeah and i i said mean things really mean things <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't care i was just like here here's here here it is again yeah. i won yeah, yeah like i didn't feel like i won right because that salmon river experience was the worst <laughs> i mean you were trying to pay me back for you feeling like you were inadequate i feel like i got taken advantage of yeah yeah like yeah. i felt weak right yes <laughs> so you're like i'm gonna strongest. make him feel weak it's like what what would tyler hate the most <laughs> probably what i would hate the most but yeah. i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna put myself through and it. and i'm gonna pretend like it's no big deal yep. and i did i was like come on let's just go a little further yeah let's just go a little further yeah and i mean it was i'm small mm-hmm. you're large mm-hmm. and some of these places i was like sneaking through yeah he was just like jake you're dumb <laughs> we're not doing that yeah. i'm like well find your own way and right just, that was the only way <laughs> yeah no it was horrible and i do feel bad now oh, but it was like thanks once i think about the salmon river it's like nah we got even yeah, like, yeah. that's past all right i see um 
what was your question a while ago? Yeah. So tell me uh, about, um, and we can, we can start to wrap it up, uh, with this, but tell me about the, um, shooting that you're doing, training people, uh, why that, why you're passionate about that. And we've definitely touched on that a little bit. Um, and talk about like the future, what, what the future brings for you. Um, I would love to answer that honestly, but I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of take the path and go, but, um, basically I'm a firearms instructor. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing I love to teach the most, my background comes from, um, I worked for a gentleman that we did a lot of long range shooting mm -hmm. and training mm -hmm. with some high end entities. Mm -hmm. And I, I basically learned like, that's where my life changed mm -hmm. is because it was like, I found my niche. I'm not the best. I'm decent. I can mm -hmm. hold my own. Um, but I teach people how to do ethical shots mm -hmm. out in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, and my ethical is going to be different than your ethical. Like what We've, we talk about that all the time, what I'm comfortable with and what you're comfortable with. Right. I, I took your basic generic 270 mm -hmm. and hit the thousand yard target with it. Right. With two shots. Mm -hmm. I think you bet me a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, probably so, still owe you a hundred bucks. <laughs> that was a while ago, but you know, it's everybody's, everybody's comfort zone is different. Sure. And I help people find that comfort zone, mm -hmm. make them confident. You know, everybody says, Oh man, I've got a, a three inch group at a thousand yards. Mm -hmm. Show me a five inch group at 500 yards yeah. and I'll believe you. Yeah. And most people can't. Right. Um, I shoot a lot. I shoot the regional PRS series and I'm traveling all over the place, mm -hmm. shooting these matches all over the Northwest. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could have a three inch group at 500 yards. Right. I can hit a three inch plate, mm -hmm. four out of five shots, mm -hmm. but that one shot ruins your whole group. Right. You know? So, um, I just help people. I want people to be ethical. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see an animal suffer. Right. And so I take people out and I'm like, okay, you know, what are you comfortable shooting? Well, I'm comfortable at a hundred yards. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's be practical how many shots are you going to get at a hundred yards mm -hmm. in Idaho? Right. Like you're shooting, you hike up one mountain, you find the deer on the next. Mm -hmm. You can a lot of times close that distance, not 200 yards though. Mm -hmm. They're, they're too smart for that. Yeah. They've been shot at before. Mm -hmm. Um, so most people's comfort zone is that four to 500 yard range. Yeah. And with these guns and technology that we have now, that is an ethical shot. Right. Most people can shoot first shot impact at 500 yards mm -hmm. and that's, the heart size. Mm -hmm. That's not lungs. That's, you know, on a deer, you have an 18 inch kill radius. Right. Um, on an elk, you've got 24. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Right. You know, if you can shoot, you know, a three inch plate, mm -hmm. you're in the kill zone. Right. Um, so I help people with that. I do a lot of like intro to intro to handguns, handgun safety, mm -hmm. manipulating the weapon, take it apart, clean it, how to use it, how to store it. Um, so I teach shotguns, handguns, mm -hmm. and rifles. Gotcha. Um, I compete in handguns. I compete in three gun. I compete in long range. Mm -hmm. um, what is for the person who's just wanting to get into some long range, but they're also wanting to use that rifle for hunting? What is your go-to rifle? Mm. Well, it depends. There's a lot of people that hunt different species and one gun that does it all exists, mm -hmm. but it, it really just depends on the person. You know, you got to build average person 
average like uh, income willing to spend, let's say a thousand bucks on, let's say 1500 bucks on rifle and scope. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend to that person uh, for the area that we're in? Caliber wise or rifle wise? Kind of everything. This is your chance to, uh, to get some sponsors here, Jake. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the rifle I'm going to recommend, I don't want to be sponsored. By. <laughs> um, honestly, well, you're about to lose a potential sponsor. There's, right here. there's a couple of really good, um, just a Remington 700. Yep. Um, buy that gun. And that's the most versatile gun on the market. Mm -hmm. There's parts everywhere. You can, there's stocks everywhere. Mm -hmm. Basically, you buy the gun for six, seven hundred bucks, and then you build it over the next couple of years. You change little things, build it how you want. Mm -hmm. What I will suggest to everybody is a muzzle brake mm -hmm. because those guns, you know, 300 wind mag, that kicks a snot out of your shoulder. Right. And then you start developing a flinch, yep. and you miss before you even pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. That That's what happens with 90% of people. Is Do you find that's the most common thing? When, it's one of the most common things. Because I went from shooting a rifle that I've literally shot since I was 12 years old, mm -hmm. first doe all the way up until I think three or four years ago until I finally was like, okay, I'm going to upgrade. I'm still going to use a 270, but I'm going to upgrade um, to mm -hmm. an American standard rifle. <clears throat> and, uh, and I kept telling you over and over the gun is off. <laughs> and actually the first time it was the scope uh, was like moving just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. Something wasn't tight. Uh, but even after we got it really settled and I was shooting, I was like, the gun is off. I don't care what you say. The gun is off. And I found very quickly that it was definitely me flinching and me being super used to my other rifle that I was confident in. I could pull the trigger and watch the deer fall in my scope. Yeah. Like I knew ex I, I could shoot that thing without it even moving. Um, and having this new gun that definitely has more of a more of a kick and this is before i had the muzzle break had more of a kick i'd shoot and then i'd be totally blind as yeah. to what's happening and i was developing a flinch because i wanted to see i yep. wanted to see what was going on and you you actually push the gun because you're anticipating the recoil mm -hmm. and you're pushing into it so that you can see right and what that muzzle break does is a lot of people hunt solo they mm -hmm. don't have three guys behind them glass and like oh you were high left right it's like if you can't see your impact mm -hmm. or your bullet hits you can't make a correction mm -hmm. you're no longer ethical to shoot that deer mm -hmm. so you have to be able to see your impact to make a correction if you miss mm -hmm. but you want to know like i want to know where i hit it you know i want to know everything mm -hmm. and because i do hunt solo i shoot I shoot suppressed as well, mm -hmm. but I've bought three suppressors to get the right one that mm -hmm. works for me because um, I shoot a pretty big caliber. Um, but honestly, Remington 700, super basic, mm -hmm. not expensive, but they shoot well and you can change them to anything you want. Um, to you can kit them out. Basically, yeah, for okay. an affordable rate. Right. It's not super expensive. Mm -hmm. um, Copper Basin Rifles, Chris Palmer, he does all my stuff. He's at Idaho Falls. He comes cool. up here a couple times a week, mm -hmm. and he builds incredible guns. Yeah. Um, Caliber-wise, anything, I would not suggest a 308 mm -hmm. to anybody. That's surprising because I think, I think I was thinking I was going to get a 308 at some point. They're okay, <clears throat> but your max kill distance, you know, you, you got to have enough foot pounds of energy mm -hmm. to do an ethical kill shot right and 
there's a rule of thumb. I can't remember exactly what it is, but you want to be over a thousand mm-hmm. to ethically kill an animal at 45 ACP is like 1200 foot pounds of energy at 15 yards. Yep. That's, that's a big bullet mm-hmm. and it slaps that target hard. Mm-hmm. So just put it in perspective. Yep. So you want to have that. If you're shooting at 500 yards, you make yourself a chart and that's what I help people do. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you want this caliber? Well, here's, here's what you can do with this caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people shy away from a lot of calibers. Seven mag is a really good deer gun, elk mm-hmm. gun. You can kill everything with it mm-hmm. um, ethically. Right. Um, but ammo, now that we're in an ammo shortage, <laughs> we can't get ammo for 300 wind mag, right. seven mag. Mm-hmm. We've got ammo for weird stuff. I was on but, pre-order until you helped me. I was on pre-order for 270, uh, what is it? Hornady. ELDX. ELDX. I was on pre-order. For mm-hmm. two years. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, and ammo crisis right we, now. We paid a little bit for it, but you got five boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to do what I can to hoard those boxes. And now point. I can't find any. Yeah. It's gone. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing. And basically, <laughs> there's there's so many guns out there. There's so many calibers. Mm-hmm. I would not hunt with a 6.5 Creedmoor. Right. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people wound animals with them. They just don't have quite enough horsepower. They were designed for a target gun. Yep. Um, the 6.5 PRC is good. It is same caliber, just mm-hmm. a lot more horsepower behind it. Yep. Um, but anything bigger, you know, than the 6.5 Creedmoor, mm-hmm. you don't need to go out there and buy a 338 Lapua or Win Mag. Yep. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. 300 Win Mag, stick with those calibers that have been around forever. Mm-hmm. Because you'll find ammo when we're not in a shortage. Right. And they're easy to find information on. Gotcha. Um, Tikas are really good. They're a little bit more pricey. Yeah. But they're really lightweight. I love my Tika uh, 223 um, for a coyote gun. Like that gun literally, I've, out of the box, I felt like it shot perfect every single time. And they do. Tikas Tikas are really nice. Um, They're just too... Without a muzzle brake on them, there's too much recoil. They're, right. they're a lightweight gun, which is great, great for women, mm-hmm. um, but you don't want to get it in a big caliber because mm. it'll thump you. Gotcha. Um, Savage came out with a new gun a year or two ago. It's got a carbon fiber barrel. Yep. They shoot really good, mm-hmm. um, and they're lightweight, great for smaller frame people. You can pack them on your pack. Yep. Um, I've shot so many different guns, it's hard to name one. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely invest a little bit of money. It's like the saying, buy nice or buy twice. Right. I bought and sold a lot of guns <laughs> until I finally figured out this is this is what I use. Well, can people hire you to talk about their setup, figure out yeah, for their sure. gun situation? You can take them to the range, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. My company is called Skyline Defense. Um, it's on Instagram. I think it's just on Instagram. I have a website. What's your website? Skylinedefense.com. Dot com. To kind of end all this, to kind of wrap it up, um, because we talked about long range shooting and you and I have very different opinions on the ethics for long range. And that's probably mostly because my experience is I can shoot something. I can shoot a steel plate at 1200 yards. Um, but I would never hunt, uh, for something at 1200 yards. If someone gets really comfortable at a certain distance, what do you recommend when they're actually in the field as far as 
hunting? There's so many variations in the field. Um, things can change, especially in Idaho. You can see all four seasons in one day. Mm -hmm. That's going to change your bullet trajectory. Mm -hmm. um, unless you've had extensive training and gone through classes and you have a Kestrel with a weather app on it that's, that's calibrating everything for you, you don't shoot. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be perfect. And like what I do, I shoot year round and I shoot a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I don't shoot my hunting rifle as much because it's really expensive. It's a 28, right. it's a 28 nozzler. It's mm -hmm. all custom loads. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's so that I can be accurate. Everything's weighed and measured perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I do, I do shoot about a hundred rounds before hunting season, all mm -hmm. different distances and whatever I can consistently shoot cold bore mm -hmm. and hit my first shot exactly where I want, mm -hmm. which is within a three inch circle. That's my max distance. Mm -hmm. um, but it has to be cold bore. So it takes about two days to figure out what distance that is. Sometimes, you know, it's 1,040. Do I want to shoot a deer at 1,040? Mm -hmm. No way. Right. There's a lot of things that can happen in 1,000 yards with a wild animal. Right. Um, well, and our, even factoring in, especially for new hunters, you may get really good at shooting at 1,000 yards. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then all of a sudden the deer walks out at a thousand yards and there's a whole different realm at play and that's what's happening, happening internally. Yeah. And those deer are moving. Yeah. You know, you, you take a shot, it's going to take your bullet more than a second to get there. Right. That deer could take a step and that's the difference of hitting vitals versus gut shot right in the ass. Yeah. Um, which is the worst. You don't want to shoot them in the guts or the butt. Mm -hmm. That's the worst. Um, and I've, I've shot one deer at 1,056, mm -hmm. and it was, I've been chasing this deer a long time. Right. Um, so you'd recommend that people establish that max distance, and only if they're comfortable, like they, they've, they're comfortable hunting, and they've hunted enough, they know when they're having buck fever, they know when their heart rate's racing, um, yeah. they should consider that into play as well. You're, uh, you're not going to go out in one day and figure out what your comfort zone is right? Um, at all. And I would not suggest that to anybody. Well, and there's a big difference between finding your comfort zone at the range and finding it yep. when you're shooting. And deer. like, that's what I do for people is I'll take them out and I'll put them in the most uncomfortable situation. I'll mm -hmm. say, okay, here's your target. It's 500 yards. Mm -hmm. Can you hit it? Right. And, you know, ballistics, weather, wind, all that counts at 500 mm -hmm. yards doesn't matter how fast your bullet is you have to take that into consideration mm -hmm. not on a steel target but on an animal yeah yeah right and you know that shot that i took it was it took me because he was moving i mm -hmm. couldn't make an ethical shot he was walking he was chasing does mm -hmm. um and i had to wait until i knew he was not going to move mm -hmm. and same thing he dropped his back in because he was going to take a poop Yep. I said, I know I got about seven seconds mm -hmm. to make this shot count. Right. And I did. Mm -hmm. And I still can't believe it. Mm -hmm. Would I suggest somebody shooting that far? No way. Right. Will I do it again? No way. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was confident the weather was, it was, it was all perfect. the stars aligned to make a shot like that. Yeah. The wind was consistent. I was able to get a calculation on the wind mm -hmm. and I was able to make that shot. Right. Um, Cause it's, you could have missed just as easily or it could have hit him bad, but the way he dropped, he was kind of vertical. Mm -hmm. Like his butt was pretty low. Yeah. Like, like it would be like a dope and they right. got, he got low. Yeah. And the way the angle was, if I would have missed, 
left or right. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was kill zone mm-hmm. or nothing else. Right. Vertical wise, I was pretty solid on my elevation because I, like I said, I shoot a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I wasn't hundred percent certain on was the wind mm-hmm. and I have a little computer Kestrel mm-hmm. that I can hold it up and calculate the wind and it tells me exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, so that's why I took the shot. Right. But new shooters, man, it's, it, it takes about 200 rounds, honestly, 200 rounds of shooting to be like, okay, here's, you know, if people want to be comfortable at 500 yards, we're going to shoot 200 rounds at a thousand yards right. before we go to 500, mm-hmm. 500 is going to feel like you're shooting a tick off of his nose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I do for people is just get them comfortable. I want to shoot a deer. I don't want to shoot anything past 300. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to 600. Let's get right. you comfortable at six. Three will be a breeze. Right. You know, you'll know exactly what's going on. You'll yeah. be like, oh, this is actually really easy. Right, right. Um, I like that. That's good. It's it's helpful. That's mm-hmm. I do it with myself every year. I'm like, okay, let's go out to 3,000 yards, mm-hmm. you know, and let's make this really challenging so that everything, you know, 500 yards, I really don't have to think about that anymore. Yeah. When I'm hunting, I do. Like right. shooting that deer at 1,056 mm-hmm. took me about 30 minutes. Right, right. Because um, I had to make sure everything was perfect. Right. And it was getting dark. And then I started rushing it. And I'm like, if, you know, <laughs> it's taken me 20-something days just to find him. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew he was there. I saw him. And I couldn't find him, couldn't find him. And finally, he stepped out. And I'm like, there's a perfect little flat spot on mm-hmm. a rock cliff. That's where I'm shooting from. Right. I couldn't get any closer. And I've been chasing him for four years. Right. And same thing. People didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Like, this buck's huge. Right, right. Um, and he's 190 plus. Yep. Nine and a half years old. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So. Did uh, did you get your story out? Uh, did you get any story out, stories out about Josh? Uh, did you need any stories out about Josh? Just how many times he shot a gun inside of a house. <laughs> oh, yeah. So to get back at Josh for um, telling that butthole story. uh so my brother is super he's a nazi for gun safety mm-hmm. i mean everybody should be he's legally an rso which is a range safety officer he has that certification yep um he might not after the story but he still does <laughs> unfortunately uh so one thing about him is he has discharged a firearm inside of a house four times <laughs> and i think we told one I think he got the the most mellow one out um, on the my podcast. parents' window. Yes, when yeah. he was yeah yep. aiming at the back. Of, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, there's more to that story that I probably shouldn't talk about. Right. Um, but yeah, he tried to tell my parents that a Mexican threw a rock through the window. <laughs> like, my dad's like, dude, there's powder burns through a bullet hole. Like, that's what, like the most racist. What thing are you, you could talking ever about? Say. He like opened the blinds and it was black. Yeah, yeah. And my dad's just like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So there's that one. There was the pool table incident. We had a big slate table in our house, mm-hmm. a pool table. And he got this new gun. He's all excited. There's like five or six of us there. Yeah. Why he had a magazine in the gun, <laughs> I don't know. With bullets in it, but. He blamed it on somebody else. Anyways, he's like dry firing it with the magazine in it, fully loaded. <laughs> somebody, he blamed it on somebody else, but somebody racked it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was him or Garrett. Yeah. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Anyways, flipped it off of safety. Boom. 
And because of that slate table and being a two, two, three, that bullet came apart Mm -hmm. and it like potentially went in between three different people (laughs) because the bullet shrouded out Yeah, and his wife now was sitting on the couch and there was like three bullet holes Mm -hmm. right underneath her. And yeah, it was just like, (laughs) (laughs) I got so mad. Like I pushed him, ripped the gun out of his hands. (laughs) Like I just like, dude, what are you doing? Right. There's a house full of people. You shouldn't even have this out. You shouldn't be pulling the trigger. No, with a magazine in it. So that was another one. Uh Um, Another one, he was (laughs) taking a pee in Mm -hmm. his house. Yep. And he had a 357 Mm -hmm. revolver. Those are pretty simple to tell if they're loaded or not. Yeah. And he was dry firing it while he was peeing. Anyways, the gun goes off. Mm-hmm. Goes through that wall, through the hallway, yep. through three more walls into his closet mm-hmm. and stopped somewhere in his wife's clothes. <laughs> I didn't even hear this one. Yeah. And I was at his house one time and, you know, I dribbled or something. So I like wiped the toilet seat and I looked down and I'm like, that's a bullet hole. Perfectly <laughs> round. He, he, he tried to cover it. Right. And I like went out there and I'm like, hey, Josh, what's that? And uh-huh. I was just like, <laughs> you know, and eventually he's just like, yeah, man, I was like taking a pee, looking uh-huh. at my gun and it went off. Yeah. Like, well, they don't just go off. Right. Like, did you check if it was empty? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Obviously you didn't. Right. Why would you be pulling the trigger? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> does Hannah know? Hannah's his wife. I think she does now. Okay. Well, she um, for sure will now. Because I knew. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, you know about this one? Yeah. And she was just like, I'm not even surprised. <laughs> and that's when it's like bad enough that right. she's not like that disappointed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like if I if, if I had a gun go off in the house, Amory would be like, okay, time to move everything to the garage, yeah. out of reach. You're so fired. Never have again. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're going to get everything out. Most um, people don't. They have like one incident and like they blow a foot off, blow right. an arm off. Like he's we, gotten lucky. He's had four. Yeah. And the fourth one, I don't even remember what the fourth one was. He's told me, but <laughs> my point is there's been four. Yeah. And he only tells people about one. Right. One of my police officer friends came over <laughs> and he like walked in. Josh was feeling pretty lamish, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. And he like walked in, Josh is like, look what I can do. And he takes like four shots. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, what, what is going on? Yeah. He was like the wild child of the family. Right. Well, we were both kind of wild. And he just, I watched how he got caught and uh-huh. I was able to get away with him. Right, right, right. Um, but that same night, man, it, like he just like randomly got up. There was like 15 people at the house mm-hmm. watching a movie. He just like got up and started peeing all over his TV. <laughs> playstation or xbox at the time i remember that he was sleepwalking dude and like that whole day was just like you know and i he like he was a mess i like got up and i like grabbed him by the shirt i'm like what are you doing and he's just like i'm peeing i know do you know where you're peeing and he's like in the toilet and i just like turned him back around and let him finish yep. it went like down the air duct vent and I mean, that was oh, your poor, uh, your poor homeowner. <laughs> oh yeah. My dad doesn't know some of this because he'd be embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> right. between the stuff, you know, and these brands that we, we branded each other. Yeah. 
What kind of? Well, you branded yourselves. I didn't brand myself. Really? I branded him and he branded me. Oh. But because we're brothers, I was like, I'll go first. Yeah. Right. Stupidest thing ever. (laughs) Look at this big old scar. I know. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, my parents were just like, you guys are a lost cause. <laughs> and they only know half of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's so, true. So, yeah, there you go, Josh. Yeah, that's there's, good payback. I'm, I'm sure there's more. Oh, yeah, good pay. Well, I'm sure he'll be back on. He'll tell a few more stories, and this will just keep going back and oh, forth. Man. So I should save some. <laughs> yeah, I would. Okay. So people can find you at skyline-defense.com, um, and they can you can walk them through gun safety. You can walk them through uh, pistol training, rifle training, um, and then you and Benji uh, do some outdoor expedition-type stuff. Benji does most of that. Mm-hmm. I just help with the firearm side of things. Perfect. So we do kids' classes, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere from eight years old all the way up to you know, teenagers, adults, yep. anywhere from never even seen a firearm all the way up to competition level. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I hope people reach out. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it's a pleasure. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet.